Hey everybody, what you are about to listen to is an episode of Am I Dying? Here at Offscript, we've taken the Am I Dying show, put a twist on it, and created the new Is It Serious podcast with Dr. Mark Lewis and Dr. Jean-Luc Neptune. Think of it this way. The Am I Dying docs discuss lots of symptoms, while the Is It Serious docs answer lots of questions. And all of the episodes are here on this feed for your listening pleasure. For new episodes, don't forget to subscribe, and thanks for listening. Um, okay, I, I have some questions, but I don't know if I really know the answers. Well, that's, that makes it fun. <laughs> Chris, let's start the session. Go. But I don't. what if I don't know the answers? Then maybe I will. Okay, fine. I'm going to just pepper you with questions, okay? Go. Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Chris Kelly. And I'm Dr. Mark Eisenberg. And this is Am I Dying, a conversational podcast about your symptoms and what to do next. All right. Today, we are talking about some of your most burning, fiery health questions and the things that we think are the answers. So um, Mark is feeling pretty confident about his general health knowledge today. So I'm just going to start by peppering him with a variety <laughs> of random health questions and let's see how he does. Mark, are you ready? I guess I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Luckily, I'm All getting right. a little old. So if I don't know the answer, I could claim dementia, right? Mm, yeah. So, um, okay, here's one. Mark, one of my favorite Seinfeld episodes, you watch Seinfeld, right? No, who is he? Oh, okay. Well, that's a conversation for another day. Is he, is he another doctor? He's another very funny Jewish New Yorker like yourself. <laughs> I can make so many comments right now, but I won't. <laughs> Seinfeld, one of my favorite shows of all time. There's a very funny episode where Jerry is in the shower and accidentally, when trying to sort of even out the hair on his chest with a razor, ends up shaving all the hair off completely. And he's dating a girl who uh, sees his chest for the first time. It's bare and and loves it. And so he's, he starts having to shave his chest regularly. And Kramer keeps warning him that if he keeps doing that, it's just going to grow back thicker and thicker and thicker. Fallacy. One day, one day when Jerry is out on a, the real Jay Peterman tour with Kramer, his chest starts itching him so badly because he keeps <laughs> shaving it that he runs out and starts howling under a full moon. So... My question is, was Kramer right? Will shaving your chest or any other part of your body for that matter cause the hair to grow back thicker the next time? Absolutely not. Unfortunately, people must think Kramer was a genius and knew all the answers, but he was actually off on this one. There's been a lot of studies that actually show that, that actually hair does not grow back thicker if you shave it. It might look thicker at first because you know when you shave it, you cut it at an angle. So it could actually, it's like, you know, it's not curling or something. So it could just sort of look thicker at first, but it's definitely not the case. I mean, you shave your like beard and mustache, right? Does it? Yeah. Unfortunately, those still grow back pretty thin. I mean, it hasn't grown back thicker every like day. After a while, you would have like no skin left, right? No. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering why any, what plausible reason the hair would have to grow back thicker. It doesn't, it doesn't. really make any sense. Actually, if you think about it, then people like, you know, like what 40% of women over the age of 65 complain that they have some sort of male pattern baldness and a lot of guys over the age of 40 have lost their hair. If it really grew back thicker, then one of the treatments would be to, for people to shave their head so then it grows back thicker, right? Wouldn't recommend that. No, no, I wouldn't. Maybe Kramer can try it. Speaking of Kramer, I got another one for you. Okay. Do you know Kramer's famous cameo in Woody Allen movie, what he said, what his one-liner was? These pretzels are making me salty or hungry or whatever. making me thirsty. Thirsty. (laughs) 
Why do pretzels and other salty foods make us thirsty? Well, we know the answer to that. It all has to do with the kidneys, right? We have water in our body, electrolytes and salt, and there has to be an actual balance. Your body needs a certain amount of salt in your body and potassium and magnesium and calcium. And if you eat too much salt, it needs more water to sort of dilute it. Just as if you don't have enough salt, um, your body will start to crave salt, right? Right. So your body's sodium uh is is very important so your body tightly tightly regulates the concentration of sodium in your blood and even small deviations can be catastrophic and so if you start eating more salt and your body absorbs that salt then you need to chase it with water to dilute that sodium and uh so the pretzels will make you thirsty and and they'll also make you pee more because when you eat that sodium and then you chase it with salt your blood pressure will go up a little bit and that will cause your kidneys to dump the salt and water as urine. And so you'll be thirsty and then you'll pee more. Well, we have another one for you now. I hope it's Seinfeld related. Uh, I don't know. I never really watched Seinfeld. I was too busy studying. I don't think I left the library for like 10 years. You can still watch it on Hulu, Mark. (laughs) That's true. But it's now like a little outdated, isn't it? I I think it's always funny. Actually, it is true. I did watch a few episodes and it seems sort of current. Um, Anyway. There's a great episode in which Elaine tries to steal her medical chart because she's convinced that doctors are writing horrible things about her. (laughs) Were they? Do you have – yeah, they keep writing about what a difficult patient she is. I'm not sure that I would recommend that in the modern era, though. I don't know about you, but my patients all have access to every note that I write about them. So I never write anything bad about a patient. No, and – and even if the patient did not have access to it, you would be foolish to patronize or belittle or insult in any way your patients in your note because those notes are discoverable in any court. And it also just makes you look like a jerk, which you frankly are if you start belittling your patients. In the and not only that, another doctor or nurse reads it and you don't want them to actually you know, say, well, I'm not going to be nice to this patient because they showed up late to the other doctor's appointment. I mean, people should be able to start with a, you know, fresh with a new person. Hey, right, so here's another question. Do I need to drink eight glasses of water a day? I feel like you ask me this question eight times a day and there might already be eight podcasts about this very question. <laughs> But uh, the answer is definitely no. That is the water lobby at work, making you drink more water than you need because uh, there is no minimum amount of water that you should drink. You should drink when you're thirsty and don't drink too much unless you just want to pee more. Do you agree? Yes. And here we go. Here's another question that just came in. What age should I someone get a colonoscopy? Should we start off with what a colonoscopy is? Well, uh, yeah. Colonoscopy is a test that's done usually in most people to screen for colon cancer, although it can also diagnose a lot of health problems. And the colonoscopy is basically a camera at the end of a long tube that goes up your butt and uh, explores your entire colon and looks around for any abnormal growths that don't belong there. And if uh, such growths are seen, they can be uh, biopsied. And if they're you know dangerous and they might grow into a tumor, they can be removed completely. And so colonoscopy is recommended in all adults as they grow older. And the exact time when you should start getting one depends a little bit on your risk. Mm -hmm. So if you have a family history of colon cancer, you might need to get screened earlier than the average person. The recommendation is that uh, it should be at the latest 10 years earlier than the first onset of known colon cancer in your your close family members. Uh, If you have certain diseases that increase the risk of colon cancer, then you're gonna need to be screened much more often, things like inflammatory bowel disease and such. Uh, And then for the rest of us uh, who thankfully don't have those things, uh, general recommendation is 
is still, I think, in most people, 50, although lately no, no, no. they've lowered it to 45. Yes, 45 is the new 50. You know, it turns out when they looked at all the data uh, from like 2001 on, the biggest group of population uh, that started to have colon polyps and cancer is like people between the ages of like 31 and 45. And these things grow slowly. That's why you don't have to get them every year. But it, it occurred to a lot of researchers that it's actually better to start for most people at age 45. Clearly, if you have blood in your stool and stuff like that, it should be done sooner than later. But the latest you should get your first colonoscopy is 50, and hopefully you'll start getting it at 45. You know, unfortunately, a lot of it also depends on if the insurance companies pay for it, and I think a lot of them are starting to now. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some other health questions. Uh, let's see, Mark. I got one for you. You ready? I've been ready for 20 years. Can deodorants increase the risk of breast cancer? No. I don't even know where that started from, but definitely not. I mean, there's no data to show that deodorants can uh, can increase the risk of breast cancer. Do you have anything to add to that? I think that the original genesis of this notion was that uh, somehow by applying the breast, uh, the excuse me, the deodorant to your underarm, you're adding aluminum or other chemicals into that area, and those can kind of get into the the lymph channels that track back to the breast. Um, but I just don't think that there's ever been any evidence that that's really happening. Definitely not. Oh, I have one. We have one more before the break, right? But you might be nice and stinky if you don't use deodorant. Actually, I knew somebody who refused to use regular deodorant and use this organic deodorant, and it was like, no point. Why bother? <laughs> it's like applying olive oil under your armpits, just making it worse. <laughs> well, I have one question we can probably take before the break. Um, I've gotten Botox shots. Should I not get the vaccine for COVID? That sounds like a complete non sequitur to me. No, actually, there is. It's not the Botox shots. I think people have gotten facial fillers. There have been some reactions with the vaccine. Did you know that? Why would that happen? I think somehow, I don't know the answer so well, so maybe I shouldn't have read the question. But I do know that actually you still should be getting the vaccine. In very few percentage of people, there might be a reaction at the site where you had the filler done. And I don't know if there's a time frame. But um, worst comes to worst, they could actually remove the filler. But definitely, that's not a reason not to get the vaccine. Hmm. Uh, that's new to me. I'm just wondering how that works. I mean, I, I totally take your word for it. But Well, I'll also look into this for our next question and answer. We could start with that. So it'll give me homework, and it'll give people incentive to listen to us next week. As if they needed another one. <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, we are answering all your burning medical questions, including your questions about things that are burning. Mark, I know that's a problem for you. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mark has been eagerly waiting to come back from break because he says that he has an amazing question. So Mark, what is it? This question is from, I don't know who it is. I can't read their name, but it says, I eat pizza and I feel sick. 
Does that mean I have a problem with milk and cheese? Was this like scribbled on a note? You're reading it like you you are having difficulty understanding the words. It's in this chat thing. But anyway, so I, we have an answer. So there's many components to pizza that can hurt you, even though it is a universal favorite food, right? Pizza could never and would never hurt me, Mark. Yeah. Do you know anyone who actually hates pizza? I mean, people who are allergic to dairy probably hate pizza, but... Well, then they can get like dairy-free pizza, right? I guess. But do you know any kid Is that it still eat... a pizza if there's no cheese on it? That's true. Although I think in Canada it is. I remember when I went on a bike tour when I was like 14 there. Like you had to specifically say when you ordered pizza, you want cheese on it. Hmm. Interesting. That, that is new to me. Am I spreading rumors probably from one cheap pizza place? I mean, if you feel sick after eating pizza, there's a whole lot of things that could be going on. Number one, you could be eating too much and <laughs> having acid reflux. Number two... Um, wait, wait. And, so let's say the acid reflux would probably come from the tomato sauce, right? I mean, it could come from anything. You can just come from eating a lot of pizza. Um, but that's going to be like a burning sensation kind of in your mid-chest. Better if you drink some water, have some Tums. And uh, and you probably are going to get that from things other than pizza, too. Uh, another thing that could happen because pizza is a fatty food is if you have gallstones, meaning stones inside your gallbladder, that could cause those stones to get stuck. Basically, when you eat fat, the gallbladder contracts to release chemicals into your intestines to help digest the fat. And if you have stones in the gallbladder, those stones can get lodged in the neck of the gallbladder and and block things and cause pain. So if we need fatty foods like pizza. So no pepperoni pizza for you. And what about the gluten? In the 1% of people with celiac disease, you know, they can't have that protein gluten, which is in obviously the dough. So they can get very, very sick. The gluten could wreak havoc on their body. Exactly. Well, and the much, much larger population of people with lactose intolerance, uh, meaning that their body just doesn't totally process the protein and milk properly uh, are also going to get a little icky feeling after eating the cheese and may get gassy and have some diarrhea too. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that can happen. Thankfully, uh, most of us, including myself, can enjoy pizza problem free. And I hope it stays that way for a long time. But if you didn't, have issues, didn't you for a while think pizza made you black out, but it turns out it was the four beers you had with the pizza? <laughs> I would never black out after eating a pizza because then I wouldn't get to enjoy the post pizza afterglow, Mark. That's true. So do you have any, what's your question? You're up. Um, okay. Here's one for you. Should you air out dry cleaning outside before taking it into your home? Well, I mean, I live in New York city. <laughs> I don't think airing anything out outside is safe. I'm probably uh, shouldn't uh. even, I should have it suctioned in one of these containers right from the dry cleaner to my apartment. That's probably safer. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you're you're sucking down so many pollutants every minute anyway, <laughs> so it probably doesn't even matter for you. But there's there's this concern, and I admit I'm not well educated on this issue, but I did a little bit of research on this. And you know, there's this chemical perk that they use uh, in dry cleaning, and it's uh, I think it's increasingly being avoided by some dry cleaners, you know, the, the natural dry cleaners and such. But it can cause cancer, and I think that there's some consensus that when you first pick up your dry cleaning, you should try to open the bag and air it out a little bit and not just like toss it in your closet bag on or in a hot car bag on because it can still cause uh, some problems. Plus, isn't the bag a choking risk too? Well, I mean, if you leave your children, like small children around plastic bags, then, but I think that it probably shouldn't be an issue with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> did we just bring down the whole dry cleaning uh, business? I don't think so. I think they're going to be doing just fine. 
All right, Mark, we have time for one last burning question, and I'm expecting an amazing one. So what do you have? I don't even know. I just went blank. Um, do nails grow after you die? What a morbid and awful last question, Mark. Wow. We're going to end on the shriveled corpse on people's mind. Where, where do you even get these questions from, Mark? I don't know. It just occurred to me. <laughs> so I have heard this question before. Do, do your nails continue growing after you die? And the answer is definitely no, they don't. But I think that this question came about because they can sometimes look a little longer uh, in the days after death because your fingers shrivel up uh, because you're dead. I mean, the nails don't change size, right? There's not a lot of fluid in them. So uh, the nails stay the same. The fingers get smaller. So it just looks bigger. Oh, I'm so sick right now. I don't think I'm going to eat dinner. Actually, Dude, you we, brought it up. I know, but it occurred to me, maybe we should do this podcast. People might actually lose weight when they listen. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Should we give people the number again to call to to ask your questions for next week? Absolutely. If you have a question and you'd like us to answer it on the podcast, please call in and leave us a message. 855-AUDIO-66. That's 855-AUDIO-66. Press option four. We will listen to your question and do our very best to give you a smart answer. Anyway, everyone, thank you for joining us. Have a great week. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Am I Dying is a production of Offscript Media. Our executive producer is Matthew Zachary. Andrew McDowell is our senior producer. Darren Tun is our production intern. Am I Dying is recorded, mixed, and edited by Ariel Nachman. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments and feedback. For more information, visit offscript.com.